The Winefellers comes to you from the lavish WHUP studios in Hillsboro, North Carolina. Listen to us also on WPVM Asheville, WCOM Carborough, and WRLY Raleigh. Support for The Winefellers comes in part from the award-winning Yesterday and Today Frame Shop, Framing yesterday's memories and today's treasures since 1974 and located in Boone Square in Hillsboro. This week's Winefellers is brought to you by The Stool Stool, improving your bathroom posture since 2015. The Stool Stool, we're number two. Your business name here, proudly serving Hillsboro since sight year here. Your business name here and... Cody's Laboratory Animals. Just say Winefellers and receive 10% off your next order of live hamsters and rabbits. Test with the best using Cody's Laboratory Animals. Welcome to this week's episode of The Winefellers, right here on WHUPLP, Hillsboro, North Carolina. I'm Joe, co founder of TrueBottle.com, your professional source for wine auction prices. And my good feller Mark here, fine wine auction director with Leland Little Auctions. And together, we are the Wine Fellers! Wine Fellers, we got nothing to do except sit around here talking wine with you. Well, Joe had a bad day, got canned from the factory. Most dramatically chill episode of the Wine Fellers ever. It's our semi biannual Festivus show. Listen intently as we discuss the ultimate Festivus wine and beer gift suggestions for that certain mediocre someone in your life. That's coming up during the first half of the show. During the second half, you will meet. Our super secret surprise guest, and by super secret we mean Adam Yorfida, professional alto saxophone player who also happens to call North Carolina his home. All this, a fabulous wine tasting, and some more ill-considered Winefellers song exclusives right here on an equally crampy and constipating episode of the Winefellers. But first, what are we drinking today, Mark? Hey, Joe! Jeez, oh, Mark, hey! It's my favorite. Wow. It's wow. my favorite season of the year because <laughs> it is Festivus. 
It, it, the fe- Festivus is upon us. Happy Festivus Happy to you. Happy Festivus to you, Mark. And uh, for those of you who are tuning into the show for the first time or more recently, uh, everybody knows that uh, we are huge Festivus supporters. Huge. We celebrate Festivus every year. And um, <clears throat> I have my aluminum pole up in my house. Do you have yours? I do, Mark. And the, uh, the uh, formed meat uh, is, is steaming in the oven as we speak. On the bed of lettuce? Yes. Well, that is a the bed of lettuce. I, 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 it's like I, I picture some sort of Christmas time carol, you know, festivist story, right? Right about you know the bed of lettuce was set just so, <laughs> with the you know, pole gleaming in the background, it's and a, the the molded steaming meat coming out of the oven. It's a beautiful. It is a beautiful ho- holiday. <laughs> it just brings tears to my eyes, Mark, picturing but this. Part of Festivus, everybody knows, is the airing of grievances. Mm. And uh, with Festivus, especially right after the Festivus meal, becomes the feats of strength and then the airing of grievances where you tell all your loved ones how they disappointed you that year. <laughs> I um, This is a hard one to do on the air, Mark. Okay. Uh, but But I'm going to try. Oh, right. <laughs> you know, um, on the on the wine fellers, we uh, were rebroadcast across the country and in some cases across the ocean, which is crazy. It, it is crazy. Yeah. Right. And so when I when I air my grievances mm-hmm. during the festivist season, right, it's it goes out to a pretty wide audience. Well, okay. everybody it, should know your grievances. And, 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 you know, my, my family listens to this, Mark. Okay. Uh, I know your family listens to this. No. And, no. <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, I, I want to ask you if this should be a grievance. Okay. Uh, is, should I have a grievance um, if a family member trims their toenails at the dinner table? Great. Is, is that I just want to before I air this grievance, mm-hmm. I want to know if how it scores on the ranking that, of grievances. Is that a grievance? Does it qualify as one? Yeah, I think on the gr- grievance scale of one to ten, I would give that a <laughs> fifteen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's a that's a that's a good grievance. That's a good one, right? Yes, that's a you, that's a grievance where you can point your finger at your family member, and then really you know shout them down a little bit. <laughs> All of my grievances surround toe care. Yeah. Uh, All right. I've, I've got another one. Okay. After toe care has occurred. Yes. And uh, uh, I mean intense toe care. I'm talking about filing. Filing uh, the tools have come out. Wow. Can is it acceptable? For that family member to then reach into a donut bag and rifle through it <laughs> with that hand. Oh, God, I'm never coming over your house again. <laughs> you notice I bring a lot of donuts into the office. Yeah. I'm not, not going to eat those. Ever. Well, that's wonderful. Well, we were having beautiful wine pairing today. Oh, please tell me. We have a 1996 Raymond Vineyards Generations Cabernet Sauvignon from Napa Valley. This is like most Napa Valley wines. It's very fruit forward. Uh, I love this kind of stuff. And let's go ahead and give it a try. Mm, this looks fantastic, Mark. Inky black here. A very nice color. Mm-hmm. What do you think, Joe? Mm, mm. Well, Mark, since you asked. Um, okay, we're get, I'm getting a lot of uh, it's a fruit forward uh, taste. Okay. I agree. Yeah, it's good. Some black cherry and plum. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, you know, hints of some more complex uh, kind of palate 
uh, flavors there. I agree. I think this is a, a really nice wine. Uh, obviously, it has some age on it. It's a uh, 21-year-old bottle. Uh, there's a little bit of mustiness, which yep. doesn't turn me off too much, but I can definitely taste it. And there's that black cherry and plum. Um, it's not bad. And so if you are playing along at home, please open up yours. You are listening to The Wine Fellers on WHUP. Now playing is the world premiere of Dundee, a Kabbalah Cowboy original song creation. And if your city or nation state is in need of its very own song, let the Winefellers write a tune for you. Don't go nowhere. The ultimate Festivus gift suggestions is coming up next. Some say that I'm hard to know You didn't know me a long time ago I was weightless even though I was downcast You know I traveled every road To every town I suppose But if there's one place I can't find It's the past If suddenly I've disappeared Nothing to be feared I'm going back to Dundee By the North Sea If suddenly I can't be found No, I'm safe, safe and sound In the West End of Dundee
A happy precedent A super segment It's Weinfeller's special event Turn your radio up Turn it up Grab your wine cup Go get it Put on some makeup oh, yeah. It's Weinfeller's special roundup Cork your wine bottle Eat your brothel Seal that glory hole With Mark and Joe on cruise control your wife and kids to cancer. Your life is on skids. You've got no reason to live. Let the wine fellers plant a blissful kiss. We're proud to present a happy president. A super segment is wine fellers that believe in. It's a special uh, oh, event. Oh, it is the most special of all events, Mark. As we've discussed <laughs> earlier, this is Festivus, the most joyous hospital, uh, joyous holiday of the year behind Arbor Day. Yay. And it wouldn't be Festivus if we didn't discuss the ultimate holiday gift suggestions, the ultimate wine and beer gift suggestions for 2017. I agree. These are wine and beer gift suggestions for that certain mediocre special someone in your life. <laughs> <laughs> and oh every, man, and, and I've got we've we've got those people. We do have those. We people. have those people. But uh, I am that person for a lot of people. <laughs> oh, I'm totally that person. <laughs> That's right. Uh, I got. Uh, hey, we have to get Mark a gift. <laughs> well, now you know what to give me because I am going to go through the best beer and wine gifts of 2017. We do this. Every year, mm-hmm. and to celebrate Festivus, and there, I think there's an, some other holidays around this time. I forget, but J- I, just this one. Yeah, I think it's <laughs> they're just, all spinoffs of Festivus, right? I forget when those other ones occur, but we know Festivus happens on December 23rd. That's that is uh, that's not today. No, but it's coming up. It's soon, very soon. There's still time to get your Festivus gift. Now, Festivus is the time for celebrating, and celebrating means champagne. There's just something about popping out of cork that gets the party started. But dating back to the Napoleonic era, uh, even cooler than popping the cork was cutting the neck off a bottle with a saber. Oh, man. We have, we have talked about this on, on air before. Now, we need to do this on air. Wait, what are you about to tell me? Well, this method is still practiced around the world and in some fine restaurants. Now, you, too, can try it at home with your very own champagne saber no. from Burkle. Really? Uh, they offer two models. There's a basic champagne saber, but there's also one a special superior champagne saber. Spin it around. And it includes a custom display rack and unique handle. He's turning around. <laughs> and so He's it's, turning around the, the, his laptop here. And, it, man, that is a saber. Is that like a... a a bone handle, like yeah. an ant- like an antler handle, right? So that, wow. that's a pretty cool gift to give somebody for Festivus, you know? Because well, why now? Look, that's just a that's just a sword, Mark. Yeah, saber. You're get, you're getting someone a sword to open up their champagne. It, with. That you could do anything with that. It's, no, are they selling it as a champagne opener? Oh yeah, this is a champagne saber, only five hundred dollars. Looking at that saber. Yes. It, there's nothing on that saber that, if I picked it up, would realize that it's completely useless <laughs> except for opening bottles of champagne. Well, I mean, it's a, I don't know, I'm sure it's some kind of knife. 
I mean, it's I mean, if you saw back in the day, yeah, like the angry Mongolian hordes running across, you know, the plains with 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 uh, with waving these things in their hands, mm-hmm. and we could go back in time and look at that, oh, yeah, we you, wouldn't say there must be a champagne well, party these somewhere. Guys are having a party? That's exactly <laughs> what you'd say because these are champagne swords, and everybody would know it. So that's the first. So the second, how much? Oh, we can't. Okay, yeah. darn it, we can't say cost. We cannot no, say. I, I can say it's five hundred dollars because nobody's going to buy it. <laughs> <laughs> Careful, Mark. We've been threatened to be kicked off the air for less than that. Yeah, I know. I can say that because really, no. We can say ranges. Okay. Price ranges. It's from four ninety nine to five hundred one. <laughs> <laughs> so the second. Yeah, you told them. I did. So the fe- the second festivist gift that we'll talk about the best beer and wine festivist gifts of two thousand seventeen. Want to bring the party to wherever you're going? Oh boy, do I! The sophistic the sophisticated Porto Vino wine purse allows you to do just that. The Porto Vino wine purse is designed with a secret insulated compartment that holds a removable 1.5 liter bladder of your favorite wine. Porto Vino's exterior flap conceals the pouring spout until you are ready. Yes. The wine purse is made from real red synthetic leather with a sturdy black shoulder strap and gold accents. And I'm about to swing my computer around and show you the picture. Oh, it's, it's just, it's like a, it's a giant, looks like a giant beach bag. Well, I think purses these days are bigger. Well, that's a giant purse. I mean, it's pretty big. That's giant. You could fit. You could put some towels and some flip flops in there and go to the beach. Right. So explain. You know, explain what you see there. How how it appears to be working. Yeah. So, so this uh, it it's you know maybe like two feet by two feet bag with these black handles over the shoulder. Right. Okay. And the the person is reaching down there. I can't tell where they are. I'm a little disturbed by that. It's just kind of a generic sort of background. Okay. I want to know where they're intending this to be used. And they've got they've flipped this little flap, mm-hmm. and they're they're now pushing a button right on the side of this red bag, right where the contents of the bladder, which is just an you know yeah, I almost <laughs> I can't I know that some of the oldest water containers in the world are animal bladders. Yes. It's true. But um, still, it doesn't yeah. make me feel any better drinking stuff out of them. Right. So, so here it is. I'm sure it's not a, I'm sure it's not a, um, a, a real bladder. It's just a uh, plastic bladder. Plastic but bladder. my guess is that this would be something you'd use at a football game. or Yeah, and I'm, I'm a little, I, I think, I, I see what's going on here, Mark. What's that? Well, the wine fellers have been ripped off. I know. They stole our idea again. Everybody now, steals our ideas. Now, that's not nearly as cool as, as our ideas. Yes, and we've talked about this many times, <laughs> but yes. All I see when I look at that is uh-huh. what could have come to be with, with our sow suit yeah. and our car crash Fresh flask. Flash. Yes, and those do get good reviews. And uh, good. Well, we, we, you can go waiting. onto our website and look at the artwork. Custom Winefeller's artwork that depict the right. sow suit and, and the car crash flask in, in action. And we're still waiting for one of our listeners to make us a prototype. And we will cut things, we'll cut the proceeds with you 80-20. Yeah, we're thinking about a whole, um, what do you call it, uh, one of these things where you go online and we raise money. For ourselves. For ourselves, so that we can make the sow suits. Finally. Okay. Are you sick and tired of owning wine glasses that don't hold coffee? I am just sick and tired. Or coffee mugs that don't hold wine. Now that I am. Well, now there's a true festivist miracle. 
because there is a combo <laughs> coffee mug and wine glass for both of your vices. With simply an upside-down flip, this will be the only glass you will ever need for the day. The combination wine glass and coffee mug is finely crafted from durable glass. <laughs> and here's a picture. Durable glass. Here's a picture oh, right there. Oh, that's just terrible. They put no thought into this whatsoever. So explain to our listeners. Yeah, what Mark saying. has turned the picture around here, and it is literally like a red wine glass, maybe shorter than than some. But it has the stem and the flat bit at the bottom that you'd normally set it on. But it's turned upside down uh, so that the rim of the wine glass is sitting on the, on the table. And above it is basically a, uh, uh, it's a glass coffee mug mm-hmm. that is, is just sitting atop the... If I didn't know what was going on here, I would think that someone has uh, um, precariously placed their coffee mug atop... An, an upside-down upside down wine, wine glass, glass, and I might say, be careful. So would, would, we, would we consider this a brilliant invention Well, for a Festivus gift? Well, absolutely. Well, I mean, you know, it is troublesome to have two glasses. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I can't just, tell I you how many times. I, I understand why you'd want to drink wine <clears throat> out of a wine glass. Right. Right there, we've, we've gone over this again and again. The aeration, the way that that, that uh, it enhances the entire experience. Mm-hmm. I think I prefer to drink mm-hmm. my coffee out of a wine glass because it does the same thing. It 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 the same attributes that right. make a glass good for wine consumption is uh, is good for consuming any type of 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 you know uh, highly uh, refined beverages. Well, I think you're correct. I think, um, yeah, that's true. But I think the biggest problem is just it, looks, it just looks weird. I think if you uh, at a restaurant and someone served you your combination mug and wine glass and they said, you know, you have your wine at the restaurant and they say, sir, would you like to have coffee for dessert? And then say, you say, yes. And then say, well, we're not going to bring you a coffee mug. Just please flip over your glass and you'll use that side. It's just something seems just a little off to me about it. It's what if they had a, a combination bowl slash plate where you could just turn over the bowl and it was a plate on the bottom. Ooh. You could save a lot of time in the food industry. Nice. Or what about uh, a fork that flips over and now has a spoon on the other side? You mean a spork? No, this is even worse. It's like if you were oh, to take a, the other if end, you were to take yeah. a fork, no. Uh, oh wow, that that might actually work. I'm talking about if you took a fork yeah. and a spoon yes. and put them back to back, so that when you stick the fork in your mouth, there's a spoon on the bottom of it. Yeah, it would be terrible. It Mark. would be bad. Yes, yeah, but good. I'm just saying that just like this, and that's how bad this invention yeah, is. It's about it's as if you put a spoon and a fork back to back. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. So, but good luck to you guys. Yeah, the inventors. Gosh, I'm sure you'll sell a lot of them for Festivus. <laughs> the next the next invention, are you sick and tired of your significant other constantly telling you that you don't work out enough or that you drink too much beer? You know, I can't say I do, but let's say I do. Let's say I do. Not really. Let's say I let's <laughs> For say, the sake of let's argument. Let's just say that happens to me. Every, uh, just uh <laughs> just for the sake of argument. Humorous. Okay. That, People say to us that we don't work out enough and that we drink too much beer. Sure. Okay. Sure. Well, now there is a festive solution. Oh. 
the dumbbell beer glass <laughs> is shaped like the iconic dumbbell weight. Oh. Simply find your favorite couch, pour the beer into the see-through dumbbell, and perform curls up to your lips, and then you can feel the burn. So uh, I'll show you a picture of that. It is, yeah, it is just, <laughs> this is terrible. It is a yellow weight that you can kind of see through. It's like yellow plastic, yeah. clear plastic. And yeah, in the middle of it is a beer. So it's a beer that and comes in a dumbbell glass. Oh, oh, it's a dumbbell glass. It's the shape of a That's dumbbell. That's why it's yellow and see-through. Yeah. Because it's a dumbbell glass full of full of beer. If I'd been listening to you, yeah. I would have heard that. So now you can work out picking the dumbbell up and down. Okay. See? And then All you get right. a workout. And then and then, you know, your significant <laughs> other gets off your back. Uh, Say, hey man. I'm working. Yeah, that's yeah. I'm you working point, out. Point to that, right? Hey, I'm working. I got. Know. I got one in each hand. I'm working out. I am working towards healing this relationship. <laughs> <laughs> I am working on these deep, <laughs> deep issues. Right. That you've brought to my attention. Right. And then she goes, "Well, how are you working out when there's like an ounce left in each uh, yeah. each glass?" Yeah. Uh, well, I just refill it, man, <laughs> and then I'm I'm working out again. It's got to be the worst calorie in to calorie out exercise ratio. It's like to to take 100 steps, you need to right. eat a cheeseburger. Right. And I'm sure after like 10 curls, you're like. Enough of this. Well, after 10 curls, you're drunk. <laughs> yeah. And you're you, like, you've had six beers yeah. 20 minutes into your workout. And then you've, you've hit yourself on the head with a curl or with, <laughs> well, <laughs> with a dumbbell. The, the weight keeps changing. Yeah. So the thing is, you pick up one you think is full of beer, but it, it's not, and you just whack yourself in the face with it. And you look kind of weird at the gym. <laughs> what if you brought this <laughs> to the gym? Oh, uh, yeah. That's good. That's good. All right. The next top. Festivus gift of 2017, yes. if it's wine and beer related, which it is. Are you like me and sick and tired of chugging only one beer at a time? Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Everybody's sick and tired it's of that. It's just so tedious. It is. So now you can chug two beers at once. <laughs> <laughs> I can see the next product. With the double beer chugger. The double beer. That's just... He's drinking two of the same beers. Well, yeah. Well, this doesn't make any sense. Well, you want, if you want beer fast, this is the way to drink beer fast. There is, you have to explain to your okay, our audience right. what you're seeing. So there is a man in what looks like an Olympic outfit. <laughs> like, he, like, uh, like, and he's, he's been working out. It is. Right? It looks like he was using the beer, uh, the beer uh, dumbbells. dumbbells. And so he has his hand is kind of hiding uh, some of it, but it looks basically uh, like a Y-shaped pipe. Yeah. Where two Y, the two top of the Ys go into the two beer right. bottles, and the the stem of the Y goes into your mouth. So the Y goes into the, the two Y, the two parts of the Y yeah. goes into one. It makes two beer bottles come down into one thing that you drink out of. Yes, and the two beer bottles are just tur- like permanently turned e- upside down. Exactly. Right. This is not. This is not good in in any way. And I don't understand why he's drinking. I could understand, Mark, if you'd want to drink two different beers at the same time. But to drink two of the same kind of beer at the same time, which is what is depicted in this photo. Why would you mix your beer? It doesn't make any sense. Why would you not just have the next beer ready if it's the same beer? Because that's not fast. It doesn't make any sense. This is fast. 
it, faster. It, it's, it's I don't think it is any faster. He's it's not like a it's not like a funnel a tube that goes down to his stomach. He still has to drink it. It's going to come out of a hole the size of of a beer bottle. Yeah. It's not going to be. It's not like it's twice as big as a beer bottle opening. I don't know, but isn't there like more force coming down because of the two beers? This is beyond our our knowledge of physics well, and, uh, and chemistry. Mark. We're going to disagree on this one. I think this was a uh, well designed gift, um, and especially I think it's really not very expensive. Uh, it better not be. It's <laughs> like you could go make this out of some tubing from the hardware store. You could for you know a dollar. You could. <laughs> Yes, you just need uh, we we've some been PVC we, piping and you're we've all, we've been skipping price ranges. But is there a price range on this mark? I think it's well under twenty dollars, maybe well under five, but it's not very expensive. And what's it called? Uh, the two beer double beer chugger. The double beer chugger. That sounds kind of good. Yeah, it's nice. Now, but their next product, well, we should come up with a competing product. Mark. Yes. Tired of drinking two beers at a time. Yes. Only two beers at a time. How many could we put on? Could we have the triple beer tr- chugger? We could. The quadruple beer chugger? Well, now you're getting a little ridiculous. Uh, see, I, I, I like to find that line. I think that's the line. Three's good, <laughs> four's crazy. Now, the last Festivus gift. <clears throat> yeah. Are you sick and tired of criminals breaking into your home and then drinking your favorite wines? Happens every night. It Doesn't it? <laughs> I've had that happen to me. Criminals break in. They find my good bottles. All my lunch meat is gone, too, the next morning. <laughs> they, ju- they just drink my wine oh. <laughs> and eat my lunch meat. <laughs> Strange. <laughs> well, now, there's no reason to fret this Festivus. Keep your most valuable and prized wine safe with a wine bottle combination lock. Oh, this is good. This customized lock is designed to fit over most wine bottles and keeps them completely safe from any interested parties with the help from a four-digit combination so i'm going to show you the picture oh that's so, so funny. your wine is completely safe it is it is a cork or a cork looking it's a, it's a lid it's a lid for your wine yeah and it uh and it has four it's a combination lock on the on the top yeah. four little tumblers you turn just like uh your standard master lock for your um yeah your gate is four it's like a, it's an actual lock on the top of your bottle so imagine if someone, like a thief, comes over to steal your wine, they see that. Like, oh, they'll leave. Like, oh, well, I guess I can't drink that bottle. I wonder, Mark. Uh, there are, I've got a buddy who mm-hmm. has a YouTube channel. Wow. And he, yeah. <laughs> that's all I wanted to say. And he tests locks. Oh. He's a, he's a, a, a safe cracker. Sounds famous. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we need we need to send him this. He's going to find a problem with it. Uh-huh. My guess is that he's just going to break the glass and get the wine out. Yes. How about this problem? Just take the <laughs> your criminal. Will just take the bottle. Well, there's that. Yeah. They're just going to use their wine saber to cut the top off of this thing. Right. Because if they, no one's going to. A criminal's not going to come in there and just sit there and like work the combinations. Like, well, oh nor, well. Nor did the lock on your front door deter them. <laughs> like, right. I don't think another lock is going to stop them. This is a pretty weird gift. It's a, it's obviously a gag gift. Mark. No, no, this is real. I mean, this is like on the website, like gearing, like there's like a money back guarantee if someone can get into your wine. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this is like this is serious business. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> well, that is the best 
wine and beer gifts of 2017. And I hope we gave you some great Festivus ideas and then tune in for the next Festivus. So don't go nowhere. You are listening to the Wine Fellers on WHUP. Now playing is Spring of Our Dis- Discontent, a Wine Fellers original song creation. And if you happen to represent a disaffected or disgruntled group, let the Wine Fellers write a protest song for you. Our super secret surprise guest, Adam Yorfida, is coming up next. Today is a new day, a warm and happy day, a good time to be alive. Say goodbye to the ice and snow, enjoy the red Bordeaux, look how you survive. But now is the spring of our discontent. I'll bet you'll steal the show You've rubbed me the right way You're the cream of the crop You've reached that hilltop You've blown the cobwebs away But now is the spring of our discontent saxophone professionally for over 15 years. He studied in the jazz program at Emory University with Gary Motley. After graduating, he toured the country with a jam band for five years before returning to Queens. He has been part of numerous jazz and Latin groups in NYC. Adam has also traveled the world in search of rhythm performing in jazz festivals in Brazil, Argentina, and Senegal. He has been fortunate to perform with many inspiring musicians. Now residing in North Carolina, he spends his time studying saxophone, composing music for TV, ballets, and future projects, and 
being told what to do by his two-year-old daughter. Adam Yorfita, welcome to a very special episode of <sighs> The Weinfellers. Adam! It's so wonderful to have you. What's up, guys? How are you? We're doing wonderful. well. We're just Thank so you. excited to have you on the show. I've known Adam for a while, and Adam is uh, into wine, which is probably one of the original reasons why we met. We're, we're going to get along great, Mark. We're going to get along great. And he is a, an amazing saxophone player, a professional saxophone player. Wow. And, and I think I find that just intrinsically interesting. It's a it's a blessing and a curse. Yes, one would say that. <laughs> how, how, how did you how did you get into saxophone playing? When did you realize that you had a talent for it? Well, the right the story in the beginning is I went to band in junior high school. I wanted to play the trumpet. They didn't have any trumpets left. They gave me a saxophone, so I was forced into that, and uh, slowly I just got addicted to it. It's a puzzle, basically. That's how I view it. It's an unsolvable puzzle. The saxophone is unsolvable. Yeah, solvable. you know, music in general, it's right. just a. Yeah, a vast, you know, challenge in that sense that's just I'm never going to be able to solve and I am stubborn enough to try and, you know, right. focus my energy on it to the, you know, to my dismay at times. But I get it. You know, something like that. I'm just trying to figure it all out. When did you realize that? I mean, I'm sure you knew you had a talent for it when you were young, but when did you realize that, oh, people were telling you, yeah, you can make a career out of this? Yeah, I'm, I was just doing it casually and people were encouraging me. I don't know how serious they were doing about they were about it, but uh, people would just give me a lot of positive feedback, and I just very you know I had a strong desire to get better, which is you know more than the the money or career aspect of it is just the the drive to want to improve myself. Well, and the kind of sax that you know was you play or some of the samples that we heard that you play is uh, amazing to me because um, you know I feel like I get most forms of music i mean i understand it but for me when it gets becomes jazz is really hard for me to wrap my head around especially if i'm trying to play it because it's just i feel, it's like i'm trying to uh, speak mandarin chinese when i've been speaking english my whole life and it's really difficult for me to to grasp and is that mm-hmm. was that something that you just got uh, just you just understood the how jazz works and, and that kind of thing? Well, I mean, it is a language, so just like any language, you definitely have to put your time in studying it. You know, there's a vocabulary and a jargon or, you know, lingo, so to speak. But I honestly have never, I mean, I've taken it seriously, but I feel like there's an element of casualness or naturalness to it that goes towards not thinking too much about it in the sense that I just play. I'm really, like, I'm kind of unaware of what, I'm playing when I'm playing it because it's kind of just like an expression more than just a thought process. So I'm trying to just like get it out of my system. Like, and then afterwards I will listen to it and I'll be like, Oh, that's pretty interesting. I wasn't really, I was just trying to match the kind of conversation that's going on around me or the sound that's going on around me in that sense. So it's kind of like a subconscious thing, which is scary when I'm speaking about it in that sense. But, uh, yeah, I just, I am, I take, I learn uh, a bunch of, you know, language or words, and then I just try to apply it intelligently or creatively to whatever circumstance I'm in. Now, uh, Adam, so uh, as a musician, uh, uh, and you're you're recording these pieces that are being used um, on television, and as we we read, ballets and and other projects, do you ever find yourself uh, writing certain material that, 
uh, you know, to pay the bills, so to speak, but then other material to fulfill just some of your own creative um, uh, needs. Yeah, definitely. I was uh, I was playing professionally for a while, and then I was I was actually on tour for a while doing a bunch of music, and all the money I was making was paying for my apartment in in New York. Mm. I realized that was kind of fruitless in that sense. I mean, I know tons of incredibly creative, talented, mm. extremely poor people in New York. Some of my best friends, but um. Yeah, I actually had a daughter recently, and that kind of changed the game, mm. so to speak. I had to grow up slightly in that sense, <laughs> unfortunately. But uh, it motivates you in different directions in that sense, that's all I'll say it. Absolutely. Well, yeah. Yeah. well let's take a break right here, and then we're going to listen um, to uh, a first piece that you, uh, you've given us to play. And I've, we've already heard this, and it's wonderful. Uh, and this is a short piece that we, you made for a television program. And uh, we, we, won't, we won't name the program, but just, uh, just inter- listen to the piece. It's really uh, just a beautiful, a beautiful piece. Here it is. Wonderful piece. Oh, stunning. Thank you, thank you. Thank you. So tell, tell us the background of that. How did you uh, come to record that piece? That was a funny story. I actually did that last week with my good friend Aaron Di Piazza, who is my collaborative partner. He wrote that music, by the way. He writes all this stuff. I, I know virtually nothing about mixing and recording, so we work well together because he does all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, he records it. He has a general germ of an idea, and I go up and polish it, so to speak, and then I'll just improvise because the this specific project was kind of like his agency is like, oh, we need some lighthearted jazz music kind of stuff for this television show. And he's a recording artist, a mixer, so he doesn't necessarily do the jazz side, so, you know, came together and did that. But uh, this piece is weird because he wrote this, and I was like, Aaron, there's just, the time signature of this is just, like, weird. I texted him. I'm like, there's, like, there's there's an 8-8, eight, eight, then a 9-8, then a 7. It was just, like, it's all over the place. I was like, how sober were you when you made this track? <laughs> and he's like, dude, no, it's fine, it's fine. And I was like, okay, so we sat there for, like, a half hour just writing charting out the time signature so i could figure out what to play over it because i'm like you know ideally you can give me some kind of map or so i can know what i'm doing and he's like no you're fine just we sat there for a half hour and i wrote the whole thing out i'm like okay let's just play it and that that was the first take i'm not i'm not boasting but i'm saying we did that that was the first take that i did it and i'm just like i'm not gonna fix that but the bizarre thing if you want to listen to it another time where you can replay this uh you know you can replay this and hear it there's like some chirping going on like a tiny amount of chirping on the 
on my saxophone, which I, when I listened to it, I heard it. And I was like, Aaron, you got to take that out. And he's like, why? What's going on? I realized I actually had a tissue in my saxophone. Oh, wow. Because we went outside for like 30 minutes just to like clear the air because you know, we hated each other at that point. We were just like <laughs> yeah. spending all day with each other. And I forgot to take, it was like, you know, there's humidity in there. So I was like just keeping my horn at right. a certain level. But I forgot to take it out. So there's like a tiny amount of dryness in it. But I'm like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to mess yeah, with that and take like a million takes on that we're just gonna leave so it yeah. there but I, I like the quality of it. it sounds great in that sense it yeah it does and that's funny because when we record we'll hear things that only uh we hear yeah. like we like we're like uh oh, did you hear that or they hear the clicking or that kind of thing and then <laughs> nobody else hears it yes. but you you, you but, hear it and then you can then you can hear it you can't hear anything but yes as the yeah. artist it drives you crazy in that yeah. sense doesn't it yeah. we've uh so um uh, my mother was a piano teacher right. and, gr- and and growing up I, I did piano performances and she always would say uh if you mess up just keep going mm-hmm. no right. one's going to know right right now i guess it does depend depends right? but um the the kind of problems that mark and i run into when we're making music for the show is um you know someone will walk into the room and ask us a question yeah, right. exactly. <laughs> it's hard to take that out in the uh, yes in in editing, right? My dog barks. But are yeah, you, are you guys? When are you guys gonna be done? Exactly. Right. <laughs> I need to. I need to make dinner. <laughs> but it's uh yeah, and and also the other thing you said, which is uh, so true, is that uh, you went up there and the first take was the one that worked. Mm-hmm. And so there's something magical about when you're recording music. Every once in a while, this will happen. Um, I can spend three weeks on a song and I feel like I'm getting nowhere and it just stinks. And there'll be times where a song will come out pretty much the way I want it in 10 minutes. Yeah. And it just, all of a sudden it just happens. It's just, Definitely. and and I can't explain it. It seems like that's what happened to you when you uh, recorded this. Yeah, I'm, I mean, the inspiration is probably the closest thing that you are going to get to the real or the, you know, the idea that you wanted that you're trying to conceive in that sense. So, yes, I would say that. I mean, recording for television is a different animal in that sense because, like, as jazz musicians, you kind of have a license to mess up as much as you want. That's the, the flexibility in playing jazz is that, you know, you take mistakes and you cultivate them. But uh, for television, you kind of have to be a little bit more precise in that sense. So it was definitely a challenge just to record music for TV because, you know, there's you know, little hits that you have to do. And at the end, there's like little stings that Aaron's talking about. They're like, mm. they, they want precise things at precise moments. So like there's all of those tracks are like a certain amount of time. And there's like, you know, certain breaks and certain things that are necessary just for production value and stuff like that. So it's yeah, a, it's sure. a challenge. It's, it's almost like acting. I was talking to Aaron because you have to, you know, we would talk about the piece and just like be like, oh, this is the vibe for this piece or this is the kind of character that I'm supposed to play. So it's not me necessarily playing my expression of a piece it's more me just trying to like fit a fit a sellable kind of character in that sense so it's it's an interesting challenge in that well sense. there's a feel for the television show or the scene or whatever it is that you're doing and yeah. presumably they're communicating right. that to you that they are but i mean they're more like just give us a bunch of music and we'll figure out how to do it like oh, okay. they should ideally give us like a scene and be like this is the scene you're writing for but they're just like oh really it's some dude being like oh i want something playful or i want something whimsical so create, it must be create so, that music. so satisfying <laughs> to actually then go see the show and then and see, hear your as long as it's more played. than three seconds of the music. Yes, it is satisfying. Oh, they do. Do they? Oh, I didn't. know. Well, so they, they, I mean, they can they will cut and snip, you know, as much as they want to. Sure. Ideally, it's very little minimal snippage, but that's how it is. I mean, yeah, it's sure. A business. It's a weird business. End up on the as my friend cutting says. room floor. Yeah. Yes. So let's play another clip. Absolutely. 
Uh, we've got a few that we'll we'll listen to here, mm-hmm. and here it comes. You're listening to the Winefellers here on WHUP. We are in the studio with Adam Yorfida. And Adam, when he's not composing uh, music and recording music for TV shows, he also works on music for ballets and other projects. Uh, Adam, we're so glad you're here today. And Mark, as it turns out, um, he is a wine connoisseur as well. He is. And you need to pour that man another glass of wine. Come no, on, he's Mark. out of wine. I'll pour him some <laughs> wine. wine. Uh, now, now, now um, Adam, as Mark does that, Adam uh, uh, works on, on, on many different things. If you're listening to the show and you're enjoying the music, make sure that uh, if, if you have any need for bookings or inquiries... I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna do it here, Mark. Yeah. Contact Adam Yorfida at right. gmail.com. Now, um, that's an one of the more interesting last names. Yeah, I'm gonna have seen. to spell this one out. And it is A D A M Adam Yorfida, and that's I O R F I D A at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. And if you somehow still can't get that right, call him. Well, we're not going to give out. Oh, come on, Mark. (laughs) (laughs) Married, sorry. (laughs) Well, (laughs) you can give him him my number, and I'll repeat the email address. One thing uh, our manager, (laughs) he said, one thing you don't do is you don't give out your personal phone number on the air. Thank you. Really? All right. You say so. Mark, I had to do that just to get your reaction. I saw that down there. Like, oh, we can't do that. That, that was I started hilarious. Started break out a cold that sweat. <laughs> so, because seriously, you'll just, get some just great- a few weeks from now. You're going to find them on the streets. Yeah. Like, oh, it's been really hard ever no. since your you'll radio show. Get some crazy show. people calling you. Not that crazy people listen to our show, no. mind you. No, but they do. <laughs> but they do. Absolutely. <laughs> so. Um, so, Adam, aside from TV, yeah. what are some of the other projects uh, that you've worked on? Uh, well, I'm primarily a jazz musician, you know, jazz quartets, you know, quintets, stuff like that. I compose a lot of music for myself or just from a project that I would like to get off the ground. But I'm also, I was, I was, or continue to be a dancer. I studied a lot of dance in New York, and I've written a few pieces for ballet. I'd actually like to compose, I have and would like to continue to compose music for uh, wow. You know, dance forms, yeah, Latin dance, 
just general dance projects with uh, good music, you know, get involved with choreography in that sense. I actually, I actually oddly enough, I studied uh, tap dance with Michelle Dorrance, who is uh, living in New York, and her dad is from, is Anson Dorrance, who is a coach of soccer at UNC. Yes. Who's rather I, well known I, around I, here. I, I know that but, family. Yeah, she's a phenomenal tap. She actually just won a MacArthur Genius Grant, so she's like seriously one of the most I, incredible dancers ever. I know this person. Cool. She's incredible. Yes. Yeah. So I studied with her dance and she is extremely inspiring and uh so she got me kind of into the idea of writing music for dance just because i saw the rhythmical possibilities in her style of tap dancing which is like a rhythm tap which is kind of like seven glover stuff now are you writing saxophone based music or no, just anything just no. you're just doing sheet like it like just yeah i mean everything yeah all the instruments the most recent piece i did for that is kind of like seven instruments there's you know wow. there's no horns in that one but i mean i kind of i mean i write how i hear it so some a lot of pieces will have horns and a lot of pieces won't it's just a question of what i'm thinking about but it's yeah. not it's not sax specific especially i mean you can't really write on saxophone so i mean i have a smattering of competence on the piano in that sense got it wow that's so really interesting so yeah. what so uh, what are these ballets have been where they've been performed some of these can we mention in them? my mind Okay. <laughs> so they have yeah yeah the best they're yet, ones they're yet all, to be performed. Yeah. I mean they're recorded, they're just not performed yet because I've it's extremely difficult or I just I need to get to that point of working with a choreographer who can mm-hmm. perform it. You know, it's like a giant undertaking which I am. Well, it sounds challenging because you yeah. have to write, you have to bring what you have to fruition and and kind of communicate what's in your head about how the ballet sh- should be to somebody else. Yeah, it's, it's a lot of work. I'm up for the challenge if there are any uh, but dancers you ha- but you that are listening to this. But you have the storyline and everything like that about what... I, I do. I do. Yeah. I have the music written out. Very cool. Well, I'm sure Mark and I... Mark, you're a dancer, under the right Under good direction. That's right. I perform a pretty mean cabbage patch. So you came to the right place. Yeah. Now, Adam, these are... It's always so interesting to hear about, you know, because a lot of people who... who work in in the music industry they have interests that don't always correspond to the work that that you know that pays uh, the bills and Mm -hmm. i i think um this is really fascinating stuff and and while you know i i I hate that i'm not a a trained ballet dancer mark because i want to really jump in here and help right now well some of these ideas off the ground the thing is that Adam is living both of our dreams, and we've talked about this. <laughs> yeah, I mean, really. Yes, we have. We would love to do nothing but make music all day long for a job. <laughs> I mean, who wouldn't, really, right? Well, a- ask Adam. Yes. Yeah, I mean, I don't, that, right, this, the grass is always greener. Oh, I, know. Uh, I get yeah. it, I get it, yeah. I get it, but still. So let's, let's uh, we want to make sure we get a chance to play his last We've got one two. more here. I, I want to visit all of these because they're they're just... Because uh, we are running out of time. So. They're wonderful, and uh, we'll, we will be right back. Thank you. 
and just another one so with cool. so much so soul much going to on there, it, yeah. you know? Uh, so Adam, well, I'm struck with the production quality yeah. of these recordings. That's all Aaron D. Piazza, by the way. That's my good friend who collaborates with me. D. Piazza. D. Wow. Piazza, yep. And he is, you can look him up on the internet too. He's a great producer and engineer. And those are his songs as well. Uh, I, I can see a uh, growing collaboration here. Yeah, we do. We actually, we're good friends and we actually work together really well, which is, uh, which is cool. We've done it twice and hopefully we'll do a lot more. But it's, uh, there's a lot of ego in music and art. But uh, we get that we, we do is. a good job. Yeah, fantastic. Do you, do you miss not being in the city because of the of the music scene? Uh, partially, yes. Like I said, I'm trying to. Yeah, it's, I'm changing it because I got a daughter, so I'm trying to just sure. adjust to a new chapter in their life. But uh, I do miss parts of it. I miss the food. I miss the music. Yeah. But uh, it's all good. I love it down here. Yeah, I mean, if you have to be in North Carolina, this is not a bad place to be. Yeah. Yeah, I, this is the place to be. Mark. It is the right in yeah. the studio right here. Right. <laughs> I mean, Hillsboro is all right. Oh, jeez, oh, Mark. Mark. Let's go. Uh, I mean, Mark. I, I Mark, 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 Mark. I'm just kidding. Our, you know, the station manager, I can hear his car <laughs> yeah. cranking up right exactly. now. Exactly. So uh, thank you so much, Adam. Of promise course, that you'll come on the you. show again. I'd we'll love, love to. to play some more of your music. Thank and you, uh, this has been The Winefellers. Thanks, Adam. been listening to another exciting episode of The Wine Fellers, North Carolina's only fine wine radio program. And I've had such a great time today, Mark. Me too, Joe. But the good news is, is that the fun can continue online. <laughs> You're absolutely right. Visit us online at thewinefellers.com, where you can learn more about today's program and listen to previous shows. See you next week. Songs and melodies change and change and sway, but they still stay the same. The songs that we sung when the dark days come are the songs that we sung when we chased them away. If I ever found a pot of gold, I'd buy bottles untold of the nectar of the vines. Cause I'm gonna die with a twinkle in my eye. Cause I sang songs, spun stories, loved, laughed and drank wine. Tomorrow is another day. The cats are out to play, to play. That old rusty spaceship wants to sail into the Milky Way again on a river of red, red wine. Run, 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 run.